Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We're delighted to have partnered with NordVPN again for this season. We partnered with them last year and they are, of course, a supporter of Rangers FC as an official sponsor there. And best of all, we can give you an exclusive NordVPN deal. If you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand, you will get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and one additional month for free, completely risk-free. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee with Nord. And look, I use this product. I would highly recommend it. I used to work in web, so I know how easy it is to steal people's data, especially if you're using a a Wi-Fi system that that is a shared one or you're using uh, 4 or 5G, then your details can be out there. With NordVPN, they're absolutely not. And there are other advantages to it as well. Um, You can watch sporting events that maybe aren't being shown in your region. Um, You can purchase flights from different virtual locations, and they do make your flights cheaper. This is very, very useful. What a price is in the UK isn't the same as what a price is in America or a price is on the continent. Um, NordVPN can save you money. Um, you can buy purchasing subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price uh, and you protect your data while travelling and using public Wi-Fi. I keep coming back to that. Anyone who's at the hassle of a cancelled card will know what I'm talking about. So all you need to do is go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand and you'll get a huge discount off your plan and one month additional free completely risk-free i urge you to do it Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar and as always I am your host on the Monday Free Show. Thank you very much for joining us. We are going to go back over Rangers thrilling, I know I'll crack the jokes, 1-0 victory in the Cup over St Johnston on Saturday evening and we are also going to talk about a new signing hot off the presses but uh, first things first let me introduce my two guests first of all um, representing the old squad, the man who will go to his grave telling us that things were better when Rangers weren't winning anything when he was a kid. It's Alan Bradley. Hello, David. I'm going down for some Ovaltine. 
you guys talk about the weekend's game and then I'll come back in with the signings, yeah? yeah Good to I be on, yeah. Don't, don't I disrespect my elders here, so uh, I will move <laughs> on. And uh, representing the young team, not much longer we can say that, mate, it's Colin McMillan. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and hold on that one for as long as possible. How are you doing, David? Thanks for having me on. Hi, Alan. Yeah, this is why you, insist- this is why you insisted on Alan and me being the other two guests, wasn't it? Yeah, it was- <laughs> it's all yeah. relative, isn't it's it? It's all relative, exactly. It's, but, it's not uh, often I'm down with the kids, so I'll right. hold on to it as long as possible. Well, uh, the old days, that would have led to a series of jokes, but we are uh, so much more mature on Heartland these days. Right, let us move on to well, start with some happy news. Rangers have announced the signing of Todd Cantwell from Norwich City. Um, the statement from Rangers said, Rangers are delighted to welcome Todd Cantwell. It's a hugely exciting first edition, that's good, to the Michael Beale era at the club, um, a product of the Norwich City Academy. He's made 129 appearances for the Canaries, including two seasons in the Premier League. A long-term deal, it says. It doesn't say a length of contract there or a fee. Uh, and speaking to RTV on his arrival, he said, I am delighted and very proud. This is a massive football club and I am delighted to get going and get started. There is a massive responsibility when you sign for Rangers to be the player the fans want to see. They want to see a player that works hard and a player that can win them games, which is very important and something I am hoping I can bring. Michael Beale continued, I am extremely happy to welcome Todd to Rangers. He's a player that's fully aligned to our playing style and we believe he will be a key player for the club in the coming seasons. So it's been a while, Alan, and I'm kind of hoping they're like buses and you wait ages for one and then three come along at once. I would agree, yeah. I mean, I I think this one, uh, we've all done the obligatory going to YouTube and look and so on, but I mean, what's jumping out anyway? And we'll get on obviously to the weekend's game, but a 24-year-old with experience, as you said, in the EPL and the Championship as well, a bit of energy as well. uh, And I think that's something we've been sadly lacking anyway, David. So Mm -hmm. certainly from what I've picked up, I, I think it's positive, yeah. Yeah, Colin, in terms of what Alan's saying about watching videos, this is a guy that I know a little bit about because obviously I watch English Premiership and I watch English Championship. So I'm well aware of him. It's not been like, you know, Raskin, for example, we obviously don't watch too much of um, because Belgian League. So um, when he, I mean, it is literally, go and look at the stories. Uh, this time, three years ago, when he was 21, there was talk of £50 million bid from Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal, Liverpool all said to be interested. And then it's it's gone quiet. He's lost his way at Norwich, fell out with the manager, etc. But this isn't like a 30-year-old we're signing and trying to rehabilitate. It's Yes, it's a guy who, had he continued on that trajectory, let's face it, we wouldn't be even mm. in the conversation about. But potentially, he's a guy who can come in and... I think most importantly, inject energy into a side, which the match we're just about to talk to proves, again, we are sorely lacking at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I don't really see many negatives to signing at all. Uh, David, like you said, he's a guy that kind of burst through a few years ago. Um, I think he got a big goal, was it against Man City or so, which was kind of when the first attention came of him. And um, everybody was very excited about him, lots of potential. He did go off the boil a little bit at Norwich, but I understand that he had quite a tough uh, lockdown when football stopped. He struggled a little bit with that. Never really got the relationship back with the manager, and he's kind of not really came back to it since then. But this guy's got plenty of talent, loads of potential. Um, I find it's I think it's quite difficult to sign someone with EPL experience and you know what, even Championship experience in England, and them not stand out up here because the difference in the leagues is so huge. Um, so anyone that's just half decent down there will excel up here or you would fully expect them to nine times out of ten. Um, so, yeah, it's a great signing. Young, you've obviously got that sell-on potential. If he does do well, 
But you know what? I don't even want to think about that. I want to think no. about him coming here, doing okay. well, yeah, winning yeah. things, being successful. And you know what? Three, four years time, that's what happens. That's great. That's the model working. But for now, I want to enjoy him. I hope I, I hope I see I hope I see him being successful. Yeah, I think we can get a bit too caught up in that as fans. Sometimes I'm not the director of football. I'm not the financial guy at Rangers. I want to sign players who are going to help us win football matches. And yeah, exactly. brilliant if it's in the next few years. And I like I think a few young guys, Alan, because we, we are an older team. You know, there's no getting away oh, from it. Yeah. We 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 average age in some of the games this season has been you know just under thirty. And I think it's been reflected at times by some of the performances. Yeah, I mean I mean I think what's happened and and this isn't the first time I'll not go into the seventies and so on, David. But but that old you get you get no but you get a team of players and they are performing and they do well. We get to fifty five and so on, and then we decide well maybe just eke out another year. We'll maybe just kind of see if we can get a wee bit more out of them. But to to be fair, a lot of them have done so well. But there's a number, David, that they have run their course now, and you can see it even during the past few months and so on, and in the games, and we really are needing you know, kind of fresh legs. And I mean, ideally, we need to get this average age down. As I say, not being majorly critical on them because they've been asked to do a job and they're doing it to the best, but it's so obvious. And if you look at football nowadays in England or elsewhere, I mean, it's so much more about pace and movement. And we've just really been, the tempo has been really too slow. And hopefully he'll be one of the additions that will move us on to this next you know, the kind of style that Michael Beale wants us to play uh, going forward. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I know it's City fan um, and podcaster and, and journalist down there came on the Hartman Network last week, um, Chris Reeve, and he he pointed out, he says, this is a guy who's got, you know, career goals in the last few years against Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United, Everton, Arsenal and Tottenham. You know, we are not talking a guy who doesn't have ability. No. Absolutely. No, we're definitely not. No, we're definitely not. We're talking about a guy that's done it at the the very highest level, so to speak. Teams like that, we've seen how we did get up to that level this season, playing teams like Liverpool from down there. Uh, the, the difference and stuff, and um, he's he's definitely a talent. And if he comes up here and he gets that, he, he gets that, he just clicks again, and he gets that. I don't want to say he gets his desire back. I don't think he lost his desire. He just kind of got into a little bit of rut with the club, the manager, and everything went wrong at the same time for him. If he gets that back within his back within him and starts playing the way he can, then the sky's the limit. And we're better to do it than at Ibrooks with fifty thousand fans wanting to win every game, competing for leagues, competing for cups, getting into Europe. If that's not going to turn them on, nothing is. So like I say, very, very excited. I think yeah. no, I think that's a great point, Colin, as well. In terms of the, the atmosphere up here, playing in the Premier League as well. He'd been going to Old Trafford and all these various grounds as well. So he'll be used to that one. He's probably doing a wee bit of a I should have been further ahead than where I am. But as you say, hopefully he's looking at this. And I remember Michael Beale a few weeks ago saying as well, I wanted to sit down and talk to them and say, where do you want to go in the future? How can we develop? And I'm hoping that the laddie has just thought, this is a, a new chance for me now. It will be high profile if he does the business up here. Uh, so ultimately, he'll, he'll ultimately improve himself. But the bottom line is, as David said, we just want really good players in our team and to be winning shiny things, you know. Yeah. I think uh, a big part of it is the European run because it did get, you know, we, we, we sometimes wonder in Scotland how much, because it's everything to us, but how much it gets noticed outside the country. And not everything does, you know, not everything does. But they did see that European run. They did see Ibrox going nuts. They did see us reach a European final. And 
that is an opportunity for players. All right, we stunk up the Champions League this year, but we were in it. And mm-hmm. it's an opportunity for players to play. And I think when you look at the offers that Todd Cantwell was getting from other championship clubs, there's a bit of them thinking, I've done this. You know, I could do this for another two, three years and maybe get promoted again, maybe be another yo-yo club. But I'd rather go to a big club and, and really make a mark and win things. So that's the attitude that you want for players. So as we say, hopefully it's the first of many. And uh, as I say, it's probably needed because Rangers have developed a, a very nice habit recently, Alan, of winning. Um, that's eight wins uh, and one draw from his nine matches in charge since Michael Beale took over, which is great. I am inclined to cut Rangers a bit of slack about Saturday because it was a poor performance. I don't, I don't want to sit here and try and pull the wheel over anyone's eyes about that because it, you know, you can see what you can see. But it was the third game in six days away from home on a terrible pitch. The third one in six days. The manager mentioned we can't really rotate because we don't have enough fit options at the moment to do that. And I, I, you know, when we came out the hat against St Johnston, where we were at the time, it looked a tricky tie. I just wanted through. Yeah, especially after the last league game. You know, we yeah. were there as well, David, you're right. Uh, and as you say, ultimately, you, when you think of it, apart from a late equaliser by Celtic, results-wise, it's been absolutely perfect. But as you say, the performance, we want, obviously, we want better in that one. But but I, the three weeks, as you said, I think even the sorry, three games, the semi-final, the pitch was atrocious. They're in going, you're going to Kilmarnock as well, where ultimately we get the result. But again, another one, David. Some of them are probably playing with injuries and so on. So it was good to get out of Dodge. But the performance itself, this is where we, we need to be patient because he's developing and he's changing things. But my goodness, we definitely need to, we need to get an uplift, don't we, in terms of you know how it looks to us? Because it's not even just this kind of slow... We're not really upping the tempo. We're not really creating chances. I don't know about you two guys. I'm fed up thinking, when's the mistake going to happen as well? When someone can get it? It would be nice to actually go in, start games quickly with the tempo, get on top of them, and just control things. I think it was, when you watch it back, and Colin, I know you did, when you watch it back without the tension of we are, you know, God, we've got to get through this, we've got to get through this, when you know that we've won, then... Rangers weren't in any real bother. We gave up one chance late, but that chance late could well have, if I hadn't been for a brilliant bit of defending by Tav, would have taken us an extra time. And then you never know. I mean, they knocked us at the cup the season yeah. before last. And that nervousness that Alan speaks about that we've been going into games in the last 10 minutes, the players have that at the moment. It's quite clear. And they need to be getting that, that a few games where they just get into the, the lead early, put it away, do what Alan says there, the control thing. They're not giving away at the weekend a load of chances, for example. Um, bar that opening 10 minutes against Kilmarnock, they didn't either, but it was knife edge for both. And that, I think, is indicative of where they were for the first few months of this season and it, the scars of that, if you like. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely scars there because you're seeing that the vast majority of goals that the team are conceding are coming from... No, I don't even want to say individual errors. It's coming from multiple errors too many of the times. It's yeah, not. That's right. Teams are teams aren't cutting through us. Teams aren't getting the better of us. We're gifting goals away. We're doing silly things, and we're, we've been doing that consistently. Um. So the fact that we're sat here after nine games under Michael Beale, eight wins and a draw, is actually quite remarkable. And I'm actually quite optimistic about it because what he's done with this same group of players, it looks as if they didn't know each other under the previous manager at times. 
And this group of players that are walking wounded, the ones that are playing, and half of them are in the stands injured. It's I actually do think it is remarkable, and it's very encouraging of what's going to happen going forward. Um, in terms of how we play and how attractive it is on the eye, I don't think you can forget the fact that the vast majority of the players now that are still injured are our attacking players. It's the players that actually will make things happen. It's the ones that will excite you. Um, guys like Kaji, guys like Lawrence, the ones that have actually got that that eye, that, that pass, that vision that can make things happen in a game. Um, we've obviously missed Cholak, we've missed Roof. That's, that's a lot of goals. That's a hell of a lot of forward play coming out of the team. So... We've got Goldson back, we've got Davies coming into a game and that's steadied the defence slightly. Enough for us to not lose too many goals a game and be enough to come back into it at least and starting to show improvements that in that way when the actual attacking players come back and when hopefully new signings come in on top of Cantwell, I think good things are going to happen. Um, I, I don't know about you, David, and this might sound silly, maybe I'm exaggerating, but I feel like I've been watching this squad of players now for about a decade mm. and it just needs a, it needs a little bit of fresh freshness to it, it needs that to come in, it maybe needs some players that don't have, it doesn't, they don't have those scars, they don't have the, they don't have the memories and the experience of playing the same teams four or five times a season, just some freshness to come in and offer something different and I do think good times are coming, I'm really really impressed with how things have been going despite with all the things we've had going against us recently. I don't think that it's any surprise or Actually, the opposite. I think it's it's quite revealing that the words that we use when we're talking about Rangers and potential signings and the need for signings, be it me, you, Alan, whoever, all of us, right? You know, podders, patrons, listeners, it doesn't matter, your, your dad, it doesn't matter. The same words keep popping up. Freshness, staleness. That's that's the key thing. And it goes back to what you're saying. This is a team that has run many miles for Rangers, a lot of those individuals in that side. Now, that's not to say that they all need replaced, right? They don't. But certain ones of them do. And even at that, you still need, I think, Alan, that infusion of new blood every so often because it just does give that place, to, to go back to those words, that freshness, that sense yeah, I of think so, David. excitement. Eat, uh... Yeah, and even in the training, you know, ground as well, as you say, just bringing a number of these young ones coming in. I think we saw at the time, mind with like, so Rebo came in and Bassi and so on. You know, you got a kind of, you know, kind of fresh number of players coming in. Again, yeah, this this will do the same too. It should lift it as well. He's going to get more time as well, hopefully, in terms of the sort of training and the coaching. You know, week to week, I think that'll help to, as Colin said, when some of the people come back. So. Terrible, David, but even I'm optimistic as well. But no, I reckon ultimately between now and the summer, you're really talking about maybe, I would say up to say half a dozen in terms of new players coming in. And again, we're looking at, you know, late teens up to mid-20s or so. Yeah, I I just think that we could do with that. We we have a lot of experience and you need experience, but I think that we could do with just that. Uh, that kind of freewheeling thing and Colin spoke about it there, playing without fear and, and approaching it. So very, very much looking forward to, to seeing Campwell. I thought we would start quite late the weekend, Colin. And again, maybe it was a physical thing. I don't know, but we have seen this before from Rangers. So it can't always be that, the, the running joke of, well, we only play for one half. Um, uh, St. Johnston had lost five the five of their last matches before Saturday night. They were not a side full of confidence. They were trying a new system to, to try and plug up a porous defence. And I thought we should have been right in at the ribs, hopefully get the job done early and then be able to do that, that game management thing. But we didn't really create much. It became an attritional game. The pitch didn't help it. And the pitch was shocking, by the way. There's no getting away from it. And I hate this 
tish about, oh, it's the same for both teams. Well, yeah, but the better side who try to play football will struggle more on a bad pitch than a, a side who, with all due respect, don't have a lot of technique and, and play a lot of lump at football. And when you're starting with Stevie May up front, you play a lot of lump at football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I thought it became that sort of game where it, it, it was, you know, all energy and running, but it, it was we didn't have enough to, to overwhelm them in terms of that. It was slow-paced and calling. You know, we, we didn't really make much by that volley for Fashion Sakala that he probably should have gone with his head. Yeah, we absolutely couldn't it far too slow. We didn't make enough chances. And that's been the story of our opening 15, 20 minutes of most of our matches recently. And we can we can talk about pitches, we can blame pitches, but we, we do it at Ibrooks as well, David. It's not mm. just these yeah. other games and these other clubs. And, you know, these clubs that have got the bad pitches have got the advantage of playing on them all the time. So they're used to it. That's why Kamarnock have got such a good home record in the league, but still sit down the bottom because they're used to playing in that terrible It's only their second defeat of the season against us and the previous one was against Livingston, who checks notes, have a plastic pitch. Don't tell me for a second, by the way, that people don't get an advantage through that because they do. Exactly, we we know this. So, but we we can't just we can't just clutch at that and try and find excuses for it because it happens all the time, irrespective of the picture, irrespective of the surface. Recently, we've shown as a team that we're capable of taking on the manager's instructions. The sad thing is, we wait until half time to do it. Um, we just need to go into these games and start them with the same sort of intensity that we've been showing in the second half of matches, or with the same sort of focus, determination, and drive that we seem to get when we go a goal down. Um, I don't know if that's a mentality thing, if it's uh, players worried about making mistakes, perhaps, and then when the, when the mistakes happen, they think, oh, shit, we need to get the better of this now, we need to fix it, and that's when they maybe take more chances and are a bit more braver in their play. I can't help but feel it is, it's, it's, it's a, mental, a mentality thing with some of these players, and it needs to change. And the fact that they can do it when the chips are down shows mm. it's not a kind of, it's not a skill thing. Um, it's not a desire thing because it's obviously there because they're, they're, they've pulled us out the fire so many times recently. We just need to see it for 90 minutes, please. Um, people are talking about they really, really want a good performance. I would just like a performance for 90 minutes. That would be the first start. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll work on a good performance, you know. Um, but listen, as long as we keep winning, I won't complain too much. It's interesting what you mentioned there. I've been fortunate enough to interview a lot of professional footballers, ex-players over the years as well. And I, I always ask this because I'm fascinated by the mechanics of it because I think Michael Beale said it himself last week. He said, I'm not telling them to start like that. <laughs> you know, And they don't want to start like that. It just happens. And when I ask them, they say the same thing, which is whoever discovers the secret of it as to why teams start slowly and sometimes they start really quickly, then they'll be a very rich man because they'll have solved one of football's biggest mysteries. They, they, you know, they say you know, some games, yeah, you just feel totally on it. Like anybody going to their work, there are some days you're just you know bristling with energy and stuff. But you can feel like that, and the team can be playing well, and you can go out and just collectively it doesn't happen, and it sort of seeps through the side. Conversely, you can all feed off each other. When you go out and things start well and the tempo gets set, you feed off that and you you build forward. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always fascinated by it, especially in a match like this where, as I say, you know, you would be wanting to take advantage of the opposition's kind of state of mind. Alan, just when it looked as though we were going in at halftime, I mean, they're very, there wasn't much. Rangers weren't in any bother um, defensively, we have to say. I thought Goldson and, and Ben Davis were absolutely fine. But uh, we weren't creating much either and then a bit of quality in a match that was mostly devoid of it and then just take the lead um 
nice move. Sakala comes inside, plays it to Tillman, lovely back heel. Sakala does what he does so well, drives into the box at pace, gets the shot away. I think the keeper gets a little touch on at the angles aren't conclusive, yeah, but I yeah. think he does and deflects onto the post. Um, and it was a tremendous save, by the way, because it was a great effort. But then in comes Bonabaric, and again, it's a mentality thing here. He didn't try to take a touch. He didn't take a touch and look for a pass or look for somebody better set. He just ran in with one thing on his mind, and I think that positivity was reflected in the finish, which was high quality, as he put it back into the top corner. I, I think so. When you see the even from behind the goal, the angle, to actually put it in there, as you see at pace, it was. I mean, it was just top quality. Uh, the, interesting you're saying as well, the, the kind of Tillman we flick was wonderful, you know, the kind of between him and uh, Sakala. But I think uh, Barisic as well, certainly from after the World Cup, when he came back, I've actually been pretty impressed. I think Borna Barisic, and I know we always go, here we go, he's going to have one of those games. But I think over the this kind of past run of games, I think Barisic has actually stood up quite well too. Uh, really more aggressive as well and positive, kind of mix up in the semi final. But that that aside, I, I actually think Borna has done no bad. David faking back, yeah. Borna lacking confidence, i.e., not playing well, doesn't Aye. even attempt that shot, doesn't even occur to him to do that. He does take the touch, he does look to square it. Um, but but that directness gives us the lead. Uh, and as Colin mentioned, you know, we have come out second half. I again, I thought we would come out and put it away. and we did make chances, Colin. The keeper has had a tremendous save from a set piece from Conor Goldson header. Um, he's then made a great save from Scott Wright, who was impressive when he came on again later on. Um, Alfie's had one cleared off the line. They weren't sitters, though. You know, you couldn't say that they were glorious chances. It, it was that type of game, rare moments of quality. And when they came, you got something for them, but we weren't able to provide enough of them. No, there's, there's there's no moments where you're thinking that should have been that second goal. That was a clinical chance. That should have been away. It was just we had, we did we did enough to create some half chances, and none of them went in. And you know what? Maybe that is because we played 120 minutes at hand and we played 90 minutes at Rugby Park and we've had a tough 45 minutes there, all within six days. You know, it's 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 not a it's not been an easy schedule this week. Even if they're on perfect pitches, that's a hell of a lot of football to play with squad as threadbare as ours is at the minute so maybe there's an element of that in the second half this week as well where they'd got the goal, they fancied themselves to keep the clean sheet and that they were quite happy with that not something, that, not a policy I'm ever comfortable watching because as much as I love this Rangers team I still don't trust them in games still don't a one goal lead um, those scars are still very raw for me um, so we need two goals, we should be pushing for the second one but given the week we've had, given the injuries we've got I can maybe understand why the tempo wasn't quite as high in the second half as we've seen it in previous matches. And bearing in mind in those previous matches, we've needed it in the second half. Whereas in this one, we did have the goal, we were ahead. Um, so it was a slightly different circumstance, I suppose. But yeah, I would like to see more, but I can kind of understand why it wasn't quite where we would like it, given where we were this week. Yeah. Um, and look, Alan, we've mentioned this before, but the thing about Michael Beale is everything that he does is, is kind of coloured by what he did in the first good things and bad. You know, people do mm-hmm. mention the part he played in 55, but people also therefore, and I think that's fair if you're going to mention one, mention his cup record. These were two big wins for him. Yeah, uh, uh, St. Johnston in particular. Yeah, after absolutely. The Ibrox, that was the right, hell that night, Jesus. Oh, I don't, I don't with the St. Mirren. 
Then obviously they had. I was there that night as well. Fuck. Hold on, you won fifty five for us, I David. Did, I, right, I, but so, I, you know. I can't. Yeah, again, if you if we're doing the, you've got to take the blame, right? I, I, it was me, by the way, folks. Individually, I won fifty five for us, but um, yeah, oh. I'll, I'll have to take that out for the two cup defeats. But you know, you're right. These, but he said himself, and he's mentioned it four or five times. Without being asked, you know, he's brought Aye. up the year we won the league, we should have won more, you know, and he, he, it clearly eats him. And you wonder as well, in terms of leadership and influence on the players, and again, if you look at some of the players that were involved again, would have been part of that too, David? So, again, Colin mentioned it too, that whole kind of psychological come, I, I don't know, there's definitely got a part to play, and and, and I think even us, after, as I say, the league one, but as you say again, you're going, aye, okay, we should do them, but it's St. Johnston away. Oh, my goodness, they had a run the cup a couple of years ago. And so, so no, that, that definitely comes into it. But as I say, don't be too hard on yourself, David, because 55 was good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it should have been a treble. Uh, I'll need to, you know, and, and trust me, folks, you know, <laughs> some earn away when you are literally the only Rangers supporter in the ground and uh, you see everyone dancing and singing. It's it's not that much fun. But uh, we are through. Late scare Colin um, to, to maybe take any extra time and, and give us a, a, a few issues. And that came again. Alan McGregor just displaying that, you know, that that slight hesitancy that wasn't in his game previously. He he starts to come for the cross. It does take a deflection. I still think he can get there, but he doesn't come. And then he's beaten to it by Bayard, who I I, th- I think it might have been going to hit the post anyway, but Tav didn't know that. Brilliant bit of defending. And something, you know, we, we have criticised Tav for at the back pass, uh, back post switching off in the past, whereas he, he was alive and he did what you, you do, good fullbacks do, which is, I'm just going to get there just in case. You know, ju- you never know. And he gets there. And then it's actually not an easy clearance because the ball's spinning and you've seen players lash them into the net. So I thought it was a tremendous bit of play by Tavomir. It was a great piece of play by him. And you know what? He's actually done a fair bit of that recently. Um, there's been a lot of a chat of Tav being off the boil and stuff, and he certainly has from an attacking point of view. But from a defensive uh, part of his game, he's actually been pretty solid uh, recently. He's, he's had a, a lot of tackles down that right-hand side where he's just sniffed out danger, he's got stuff away, and he's done well in that regard for me. Um, McGregor, it's just a different story. He is not the Alan McGregor that I've been watching for the last 20 years, David. He, he reminds me a bit of my parents, actually. My parents are in their 70s, and they're starting to be a bit doddery. And they're starting to be a bit slower at doing things. I hope they don't listen to this. To... <laughs> oh, they might do, actually, you know. They usually do when it's the flagship. There you um, go. Colin, Davey and I are sitting in our pyjamas just now. We don't yeah, even know what exactly. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, do, he, he just does seem to have just lost that little step. And he's, he, I think he's double, double thinking when he's doing things. And he's had a lot of criticism about not coming out for balls and not coming out for crosses and stuff. He actually is attempting to do that a little bit more now, I've noticed. But when he does it, he sometimes takes a step forward, thinks about it, and then commits. And he's got away with it most of the time, but it's just you're always feeling there's a mistake there or there's an issue, and you just don't have that confidence. We've enjoyed for years with Alan McGregor. We've enjoyed that for so long. And the sad thing is that if you take him out of the team, there's other issues with the other goalkeeper as well, yep, so there's not an easy fix for it. Mm-hmm. We're, in, we're in a bad position here with goalkeepers. It's a massive thing for the summer. Um, we need to do some. I, I don't think we can re- rely on Robbie McCrory because he simply hasn't been given an opportunity to show us that yet. So we need to sign at least one, potentially two goalkeepers in the summer. During my lifetime, we've had a fantastic record of finding goalkeepers. Um, genuinely fantastic goalkeeper after goalkeeper. 
and we need to find the next one this summer now. See, one of the issues there that that you mentioned is, you know, you you feel that there's an error in him and you never did. I think that that's him too. Mm -hmm. And I think it is affecting his decision. I don't think he's doing things naturally um, because I think he thinks, can I get there? You know, in the old days, he just went. Um, Now he's... uh, uh, but look, we could go on about this. We have gone on about it. We will probably, unfortunately, have to return to it. We need a goalkeeper in the summer. It's just that simple. The manager's basically said that over the last couple of weeks. So uh, I think that is a long-term issue that we're going to deal with. The other one I want to talk about, Alan, is the midfield. I didn't think the midfield functioned at all on Saturday night. And no. Ryan Jack, who has been good in the, the, the previous games, he, he was... Again, probably the pick, but but wasn't too um, wasn't too involved. Um, and Lundstrom was, I thought, poor. I mean, actively not good at all. Again, um, I know he's playing through injury, and and we appreciate it, but it it does look that way. Talk about Nicholas Raskin coming in from Standard Liège. It definitely is a, a position that because you know we've got Kamara there, he's not playing him. He's playing Lundstrom, who's out of form and playing through injury, we're told, ahead of him. So clearly that tells you something. Davis isn't an option right now. Charlie McCann is left to go to Forest Green Rovers. That's an area of the team that just badly needs overhauled. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked a lot at Raskin, uh, obviously seen him against us, but obviously with Simon, you know, doing his transfer stuff. But I, I went in and had a look at a lot of him. The, the, the guy, he goes in there, he wins tackles, he plays simple balls, he plays in front of the... You know, the kind of defence, he's fairly mobile as well. He puts passes forward and so on. And either Ryan Jack or Lundstrom, to be honest with you, my take on it anyway is Raskin could go in there with it probably this weekend and actually do better than both of them. The other issue I've got with both of those guys as well is we've seen them over a length of time. It's the whole injury thing as well, David. Even when Ryan Jack first came, and okay, when when he's injury-free and he goes on a run, he was doing fine then. He's getting to the end of it now. But you're still always worried about that. Lundstrom as well now. He's been in and out. So, you know, certainly the, the midfield, I mean, that's been, I think that's been a problem, probably, to be honest with you, for the best part of a year. We've really needed more in midfield. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the wee laddie that came on as well, uh, substitute near the end, he put one pass through with outside his foot, David, mm. you know, to settle with Morelis. And obviously, Morelis never finished it. But you never see the two of them doing anything like that, do you? It's all hanging about at the back, going across the way. And at times as well, even the, they then link up with Golson and it's like, do we really need to, every single time we get the ball, have to go down that same route? So, no, as I say, they've done well for us. But again, I think both of them, David, this is why we really need a refresh in there. Yeah, you mentioned there, Alex Lowry, and I'm glad you did. Now, as happens with a debate around any player who's not playing and people think he should be playing, that there's always, if you like, a, a counter search. So people are saying, give him minutes, give him minutes, give him minutes. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm one understand. of them. Right? Yeah. And there's always an counter search of people saying, quite rightly, look, if he was that good, the manager would be giving him minutes. And it, it's true. Managers don't pick teams that they don't think are going to win no, because it's their arse on the line. right? So if, if he thinks Alex Lowry is going to be giving him you know more than certain other players, he will pick them. So the, you you get that in the debate, but I think he showed why those of us who bang on about him, bang on about him, 
And, and I'm not and he, perfect. Yeah, and he's more middle to front, David, but you know, my, my take on just, I don't know, something fresh in there, yeah. yeah. And he, he does things you mentioned there the rest of them don't do. The rest of them are neat and tidy, they're decent passers of the ball, but mm-hmm. their natural instinct isn't to get the ball and go forward, right? Sometimes they can do that, they're asked to do that, they play a bit further forward than they do it, but it isn't their natural game. Whereas you see things like the two balls he puts through. One in particular, the one to Morelos is just delicious on a tatty yeah, field. Yeah. And it's played perfectly, perfect weight in between players, takes them all at the game. And Colin, I just think you've got to try and find a spot for someone like that in a team that doesn't have many guys who can do that. Yeah, you absolutely do have to find a spot for players like him. Um, it's funny, he's, he's a little bit of criticism this season from certain people around accusations have been a bit a little bit too gallus a little bit, should, uh... a little bit too arrogant but you know what I think for the position he plays you need a bit of that um I've got no issues with a guy being a little bit arrogant if they back it up on the pitch and they're able to play passes that nobody else can do and they can change games he's in a funny position now where he's in the outskirts of our first team um but he's far too good to play for the B team he's getting nothing out of playing matches for them. He scored a hat-trick for them no, I totally last agree. week without trying. So he, he needs to be around our squad all the time. Um, one of the issues we've got, and I keep hearing all the time, is um, why are guys like Wright getting chances? Why is Matondo getting a chance? Why why are we not playing Lowry? It's, it's, it's not the same position. that that's, You're not comparing like for like with that. The guy keeping Lowry out of the team is probably Tillman. Yeah, and the problem with the problem with Tillman is he's a five million potential acquisition that we're trying to decide whether we want to spend that money on or not. He's also playing extremely well. Um, so for me, um, Lowry probably isn't quite. A, he's not ahead of Tillman in terms of what Tillman's done for us so far this season. But we've got five substitutions available every single game. Lowry shouldn't be coming on with 10, 15 minutes left. We should be getting Lowry on for mm-hmm. at least half an hour. Or God, God forbid, the team gets their act together and we're a two goal, a couple of goals up at half time. Mm-hmm. Get him on for the second half and make sure Tillman and players like him don't join the rest of the injured ones. But yeah, he's definitely got something about him. I like him. He's exciting. We're not blessed with players at the minute that get you up off your feet and actually get you excited when they're on the ball. I love the fact that when he receives the ball, he passes it quickly and he moves and he's looking to get it back again and he's just wanting it all the time. When there's a throw-in, he's running about daft trying to get on the end of the throw-ins even. Mm. He just wants to be involved and he's got that ability. And like I say, we don't have a lot of that there. So he might be young. There might be some aspects of his game that he's been asked to improve on. I think he's been asked to do more with his off the ball work in terms of tracking back, yeah, which I think he has worked a lot. He's worked well on, and Michael Beale's congratulated him on that in a couple of press conferences. He's a young guy, but he's not that young. He's older than Bellingham, which is what I always say about him, David. Yeah, he's not on the same level skills wise or anything, right? But Bellingham's playing for England at World Cups. He's playing in the Champions League. He's playing every single game for Dortmund. It's not an age thing, and we need to be forget about ages with players. And if we think they're good enough, get them into the team and find space for him and give him as many minutes as possible because he's good enough to go and get a move away from us. And if we don't start playing him, he's going to start thinking about that. Well, you see, yeah, absolutely. You see that with McCann. And, and I, I admire youngsters who do that rather than take the safe option and stay um, at a club, a big club where it's nice and comfy rather than going somewhere else. But yeah, I, I just think it, it wasn't so much Saturday. I was glad to see him get on. It was more the other night when we played Kilmarnock and Tillman drops to the bench to be rested. Understandable. You know, the manager said he's a young guy as well, and he's, you know, his body is developing, so you can't play every week, fair enough, or three times a week. But Arfield comes in. There's nothing to learn from Arfield coming in. No, no. He's not 
you know, and, and we got the performance from Arfield with with no disrespect to him that we all knew we were going to get because, as we said, it, it is a rule that you shouldn't start Arfield. Tremendous impact sub would would keep him and have him coming off the bench because he gives you a lot. When he starts, he's a non-factor in the game. He starts against Kilmarnock, he's a non-factor in the game. He just you don't see him. So that to me is the I would go with it. Well, yes, Lowry might be a risk, but is it any more of a risk? Because it's not like the alternative is much stronger. So that for me was the was the frustration with that one. So we are now approaching the end of the window, Alan. We finally got one in. As as we say, we're hoping to get a few more bodies in the door. What's your key areas? We've been linked with Raskin, who's um, a, set, a, a, a proper midfielder, not a number 10, a proper midfielder. And we've been linked with Whitaker, who's a, a wide attacker, a right-sided attacker. Um, what would be your key positions if you were pointing to the squad and saying, yeah, there's a hole there that we need to fill? Oh, my goodness. I, I would like, obviously... Uh, to be honest with you, yeah, the two midfielders anyway, Whitaker, what I've seen of him, again, looks positive. I think it, it's hard up front. I'm a wee bit worried, David, in terms of kind of fitness and injury and so on about cover up front. I don't know when Tom Lawrence is going to be back. I'm a wee roof, as we know, great when he plays, but when will he play? Cholak, I don't know if that's him going to be back now or if he's going to be a wee bit. So certainly something else. I don't know, Kenny, up front, David. You know, if, I think if we could get Cantwell Raskin, Whitaker looks as if he could play Kenny across, nice left foot and so on, can play right side. But something else maybe more up front. I think defensively we're okay, David, because I think the young boy Devine is pretty good cover for Tav on the right and he sort of can on the left. Again, I don't know whether the wee man will be back in the left-hand side for Barisic, but it's more more kind of up front, David, and I don't know, this creativity. You talk as well about the whole mindset and, and this whole kind of younger thing and a bit of gallusness. I'd like a bit of that. You know, it might not always come off, but I would like rather than, oh, my goodness, we've got all of this baggage and all these memories, and I would just like, a, we're at Rangers, this is exciting, watch this. It might not all come off, you know. Mm. I think we're all in... Enjoying watching that young, vibrant Arsenal team at the moment. Oh, they're, they're the, they've been the best I've seen for years, David. Yeah, the mixture of both, yeah. Exactly. And it's not that we're saying everyone has to be 21. That doesn't work either. But I think at the moment we skew too much one way. And, uh-huh, you know, yeah. you just need to, to, to leave in that a little bit. Colin, same question to you. Um, for me, it's, yeah, it's middle to front, isn't it? Um, we already know. He's not going to do anything about the goalkeeping position, uh, regardless of what we need there. Um, from a defensive point of view, I think we've got our two main centre-backs. We've got Suter coming back. We've got King there as well. So I think we're fine there. And as Alan says, I think Adam Devine can cover both full-backs and hopefully we're going to have Ridvan Rid- 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 back in the back, team. Yeah, yeah hopefully Ridvan back in the team as well. So I think we're fine there. It is midfield and up front. Um, I'd like a striker. Um, I think Morelos has been doing well and playing remarkably well recently, actually, compared to how he has been. But he's got a, he's got a hamstring injury that he's playing through, and eventually, what happens to hamstrings? They they go. Mm-hmm. Um, we're almost playing a lottery with that just now. Um, Cholak is hopefully on the road back to fitness. We've seen already this season what he can do and what he can offer. But Michael Beale keeps talking about these two up front. He keeps talking about Pierre and Morelos. Yeah, that again and having someone there. So if if that's what he's got in mind, I don't think you you can have that in mind with our current choice of strikers. So someone else that can and play that front line can get us 10 goals, which now in the end of the season would be wonderful. And someone in midfield with 
somebody in midfield that's going to just do something different to what we're seeing just now. Somebody that's not, with the greatest respect, Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara. Somebody that's going to look different, act different, and just make things happen for us. I don't think that's too much to ask, is it? Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But we'll know more in the next couple of days. Let's face it, if we don't know more in the next eight days, then it means nothing else has happened. But I'm sure that won't be the case. And to follow everything that happens, all the ups and downs of Rangers, hopefully more ups and downs, go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Sign up to listen to us on Heart and Hand, where you'll get up to five shows every single day. And we cover everything to do with Rangers. Matches, signings, rumours, transfers, current affairs, old stuff. Alan, that's really <laughs> Um Histories of players, you name it, it's all there. Uh, come and try it. It's 50p per week, and I'm sure that you will stay. So, first of all, then, can I thank my two guests? First of all, the wonderful Mr. Colin McMillan. Absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you for having us on. The splendid, and not that old at all, Alan. Thank you. It's all relative, and it was good to be on with young Colin as well, David. Yeah, Aye, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, get Hutton on next week and, and make sure that, that uh, Colin feeling feeling every inch his age. But uh, thank you to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Miles, and thank you most of all to you. We know you have a lot of options to listen to, and we're glad that so many years in you are still listening to Heart and Hand. I'll be back here next week. Adam will return later in the week to look ahead to Saturday's match against St Johnston, where hopefully. We'll get to see some new faces and hopefully get to see a few goals. Until then, folks, have a wonderful week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.